and welcome to PodCash, the portable professional development podcast from Cash. My name is Dawn and I'm the editor of Cash Alumni, the fastest growing professional network of current and future care and education practitioners. You can join us for free at cashalumni.org.uk and get access to articles from subject specialists, careers advisors, access to job vacancies and our member benefits scheme. Today I'm really lucky that I got the opportunity to talk to Nick from FICA. I was really rubbish and didn't ask Nick to introduce himself at the beginning of the recording, but that's because he was so interested that we were already 10 minutes into the conversation before I decided to stop and actually start recording. So I'll let Nick introduce himself at the end. Quite lucky in that I've had some experience of being stuck in the house before. Um, I used to, to struggle quite a lot with, I've got a condition called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, so it's a connective tissue disorder. I dislocate joints quite easily. And I've had a bit of practice at that sort of slow morning bit because at that point I was working so my employer supported me to do some stuff from home. Um, and when all of the messaging came out when we all first started being at home there was a lot of like keep your routine, you know, try and make sure that you protect your working day as a separate bit and that, you know, so that it doesn't bleed into life. Um, and I'm, I'm quite pleased that I'd had the experience I've had before because actually I knew that that wouldn't work for me. Um, I know that if I sit and I block out eight hours in the middle of the day to do work, that that'll quite easily turn into 12 hours because I, I get task inertia and I find it very difficult to then switch off from that and move into something else, especially because we don't have that commute to sort of break the day up and have that sort of transition period from one to the other. Yeah. Um, does that make sense? Definitely, yeah. No, I mean, I think the, I think that that time has been really important. The, the slow down time is something that I think we've experienced as a, as a collective. So, like speaking of the global community, while there has been a, uh, a you know, clearly there has we have suffered, you know, human capital um, loss, and certainly that we've also suffered, a, a, you know, as a global economy. But there's also been, I think, we we need to weigh up the fact that there's been. Well, I like to think of there's been a moment of contemplation that's happened across, you know, the, across the globe, you know, and that that's that's quite an important thing. If you think about that, like a great contemplation, we've all had a time, we've all had a chance to slow down a little bit, you know, and that's part that's partly because a lot of our external control has been taken away, and and the lockdown, and you know, sorry to hear about your, um, your you know, your situation, and you know, maybe that's prepared you in a little bit for you know what the rest of us have had to sort of deal with which is a new routine where our external sense of control has been removed to a certain extent and that's that leads us to be quite anxious you know humans aren't very good when control is taken away or perceived control is taken away and when the lockdown happened i think initially there was a period of you know a honeymoon sort of brief period um where everyone yeah it's like this is very different right we're all at home but then but then actually you're you what 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 we realize is that our our sense of control has been taken away and i think what that's done is that that's that's helped to encourage an inward look you know and there's a there's a there's a psychologist called julian rotter who wrote a really uh, important piece of psychological literature around the locus of control and locus being the the latin for place so where is your where is your where is the place of your control and he he talks about in his uh, sort of structure uh, and and papers that an external place of control 
is is not very positive for your performance as an individual for your for your well-being because you feel like the control is outside of your ability so you believe that it's other people's fault that things have happened or you're not in control of the uh, results of your your efforts and, and it's quite a it becomes quite a challenging perception if you believe that things are outside of your control whereas the, what he talks about the the you know the the inward locus control. If your if your control is in inside, then what you're basically um, saying is that you're in control of how you feel about the things that you can't control, and that's a really nice that's a really nice way of thinking about um, you know being controlling the feelings that you have about the things you can't control, and and suddenly that brings a bit of that brings a bit of peace into your life, and, and that, I think that uh, that concept of contemplation—we've all had that time to look a bit inward. And I think it, we've certainly seen it in our research that a lot of people have have actually questioned things, like reappraised value, um, what's important to them. We saw very early on that you know some of the learners and, and staff that we were talking to were actually reappraising what they value most and what's important to them, and rethinking potentially careers rethinking how they spend their time with their the people that they love and you know where to spend their time and so this this moment if you like of great contemplation i think has actually forced um, us all to reflect a little bit more and reflection is a you know is a really important part of um, positive psychology it's an important part of nursing practice it's an important part of many of the skills development um, systems that we have in place in our country and actually, this the, you know, reflection is a big thing for FICA as well. We we have a we have a platform and a, and a series of programs and and courses that we've created, and they're all based on on a on a simple premise, which is a, an exercise a five minute exercise format. And we like to think of of mental fitness in a similar way to how we all think of physical fitness, in that it's it's a habit based on a small amount of education to understand it, and then a, and then a a, a repeated habits of, of brief exercises and, and so the five minute FICA exercise is all comprised of learn reflect and act and those are the those are the three components that our academic team so Dr Fran who's our head of psychology and Dr Zoe who's our head of research have really put together with the support of um, you know professors and, and academics at our various university partners to really formalize this 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 exercise format and this learn reflect and act in a way we've all kind of had a bit of an experience of this because we've had to learn, relearn certain things. We've had to reflect on, uh, or the time to reflect on, on the things that matter. And then the next part of that is really action. And what I think what's quite interesting, if you if you kind of think of this as a great contemplation that we've been through, is that actually that that that's that's the beginning of behavioural change models. So contemplation is is step two in many you know mainstream sort of psychological. Uh, behavioral change models and that that's really the, the the step where you decide to reappraise and reevaluate re and then you start to move into the the action phases and the or the preparation and action so i think i think a lot of what's happened is we've had a chance and if you can see it that way it's about being optimistic about what's happened is that we've had a chance to reappraise things so what what we're seeing is how do we how do we keep the good things that we've learned and you know we, we touched on it early dawn didn't we with the, the where we were saying that having meetings by video yes it can get a bit tiring and yes we're all finding more time for meetings but actually we're letting each other into each other's houses there's a there's a sense of honesty there there's a there's a 
a connection that perhaps you wouldn't have in a meeting room environment where it's a bit more formalized. And perhaps that leads to more honest discussion. Perhaps that leads to people feeling a bit more comfortable to contribute, where perhaps they wouldn't feel so comfortable in a meeting room environment. And I think we've certainly seen, you know, with our discussions with uh, all the, our clients and partners, that we've had we've had some really energized and um, very fruitful discussions that feel very honest. And and I think we, we as a company, we're we're not planning to um, agree to face-to-face -face meetings unless it's really important. There's a lot of a lot of travel involved, and I think that's. Uh, that's an element that we're going to take out. And I think across the board, um, we're seeing people retain um, some of the things that they've learned, reflect on why they're important and put them into action. So it's kind of like everyone has created, everyone has gone through the process of a, you know, a, a, a global FICA exercise in a way. Yeah, and I think you're right um, in that it, it has given us all not only the opportunity to do that, but sort of the framework to do it because there's, there's stuff out there like, the stuff that Fika are doing to, to sort of give people that help to get through this and um, but it's also given them the tools to do a bit more self-reflection mm. um, and to figure out actually what their response is because we're not all the same and we do all react differently to different things and sort of I think that that ability to, to have a little bit more freedom over how we work and where we work and and the way that we present ourselves for work mm. um, is allowing people to be better at work because they can, I suppose, put more of themselves into it as well. Um, I know that I've definitely become more honest with myself in terms of accepting um, my boundaries a little bit more um, and accepting the things that maybe I'm not quite as good at negotiating um, because now that I'm not in an office full of people who can fill in those gaps for us, um, I'm having to ask for help with those things. Um, and that's been quite nice um, in that I've, I've had that opportunity, yeah, to reflect and to, to sort of work with my, my, my own positives and negatives a bit more. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think you're right about it being sort of a, a bigger society thing. I think one of the, the things that I can see happening is that businesses are retaining some of that flexibility and some of that um, stuff now that we know it's possible. And I do hope that that will have a positive impact on, on people who have wanted more flexibility for a long time. Um, so, for example, people with health conditions that make it difficult for them to travel into an office every day. Um, mm. We now know that it is possible for them to work from home. So I'm hopeful that more employers will make reasonable adjustments to allow that to happen. Um, and parents, you know, flexibility around the times that we work. Um, I'm really lucky in the NCFE and cash um, are quite good at looking after staff wellbeing. Um, so we were we were sent home before lockdown was an official thing um, to work from home, and we were all given the direction not to log our times, so we no longer clock in and clock out of the day. Um, we can work whenever it is most convenient for us, whether that's when the kids are in bed or early in the morning when we get up and we feel a bit lost um, and that's been quite nice 
for those of us who've got jobs that involve a bit of creativity because actually I feel much more creative at half past nine at night than I do at 11 o'clock on a Monday morning when I'd usually edit podcasts because that's when it needs to be done um, but actually being able to do that with my feet up on a night time with some candles and that chilled out bit of the night is it's a much better place for me in my brain to do that bit of creative work um, and I think that we'll see a lot of businesses getting more benefit from people being able to do that does mm. that make sense it does it's, it's, re- it's really interesting that you mentioned that Dawn actually because we had a and we, we we have a we have a regular uh, fika daily exercise that's in our um, in our global community. So the the and, and and that changes every day. So there's basically every single day there is a uh, there is a mental fitness exercise in, in the fika app, and it's a new challenge each day. And each day um, people look at that challenge and then they they post their responses and solutions to it. And we had uh, we had a uh, question around your chronotype so it's exactly about this you know what type of uh, how does your body naturally respond at certain times in the day and you know there are there are morning people afternoon people and it's about your circadian rhythm and how your brain and sleep wake cycle works and I think you know there's there's um, you know there's there's associated animals with this and we 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 had a little bit of um, each of the exercises always has a little bit of education so we had a bit of a description of these, the, you know, the types of person you are based on, you know, being a morning person. So there's like, there's wolf, there's bear, there's dolphin um, and, and lion. And, and basically we asked, you know, we, we educate people on this and then we asked them, you know, what's your, what's your chronotype and, and what works for you? And it was just really great to see everyone suggest, you know, associate with, you know, one of the animals which represents the chronotype um and the you know like for instance the lions wake up early um and do a lot of their stuff in the morning whereas obviously the wolves are a bit more night animals um and so it was uh it was really interesting to see people suggest how and why they operate when they do and i think that's uh you know yeah that's a that's a great thing and it's you know it sounds like um you know ncfe and cash are, are doing the right thing it's really great to recognize these human um you know sort of uh, or individuality, if you like, you know, and that and that's as much about accepting diversity as well, because it's about encouraging people to be themselves. And that's, you know, that I think that's a really important thing. I think we also you touched on something really interesting as well. So when we're we're talking about the societal changes, I think one of the things that we've seen um, is is that that's really interesting is that, uh, and it, it's been our mission, you know, that um, you know I founded the the this this. Fika business with with Gareth Fryer, who's, who's the other founder of Fika, and we we founded the business because we believe that that mental fitness is as important as physical fitness. That's kind of that's like the the, the sort of like the, the the tent pole that we put up and the the banner that we would put up. We would say that's what we would say. We would say it's important. You know, mental fitness is as important as physical fitness. Um, and and it's really interesting to to look at what's happened with the with the lockdown. Is a lot of our physical activities have been taken away. And, and so what, what have we done? We've, we've all looked a little bit more at our psychology. We've looked as, as employers, we've looked at psychological safety and psychological support and remote support for, for our staff at universities. We've looked at, well, how do, we, how do we maintain motivation and connection? And all of the things that actually, you know, it, it's really, I think this, this, this pandem- pandemic period has really 
made us, I think it, it, it shifted that balance a little bit. And I think we've all realized that, that actually our, our, our mental fitness is really important. In fact, you could say that it's almost more important, like the head leads the body. And if, you're, if your head is in the right place and you have, you've built a level of mental fitness, then you can, you can act better, you can choose better. And I think this is something that we've, we've always been very keen on and, and very um, invested in in FICA, you know, um, is, is this concept of turning those, that, that science, and there's, there's huge amounts of science in, 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 in positive psychology, in CBT, in acceptance and commitment therapy, in, in all various in sports, sports psychology. There's a huge amount of science that we have tried to bake into these five minute exercises. We believe that mental fitness can be achieved. So things like, things like confidence, um, connection, focus and positivity. They, they have, there has, it has to be said that uh, in, in our culture, in the UK, there have been times where we think you're either confident or you're not, or you're either a positive person or you're not a positive person. And these have just been labels that seem to have been used as binary you're either or you're not and it's just not the case it's just like it's just like training to get on a go on a run anybody can do a 5k if they train and within reason yeah i think recently we've seen that with resilience as well um i I see a lot of public discourse about oh well he's not very resilient or oh well you know she could be a bit resilient and i think that a fundamental misunderstanding um about what resilience actually means um and um, I had a, I was, I had a great conversation with um, some doctors from Oxford University um, a couple of weeks ago um, for the podcast actually, um, and they were on something called the Brain Story, which mm-hmm. is um, basically teaching people how their brain was built um, and right. how that sort of neurology happens, um, mm. so that they can apply that knowledge of reflecting on why the children that they're working with or the people that they're working with might react in certain ways to certain things and they talk about resilience being like a set of scales so you've got positives on one side and negatives on the other um, and it's trying to make sure that the positive side always outweighs the negative side so that you've got that headroom um, so mm. there's space for things to go wrong before those scales tip and things get difficult um, would you say that's the sort of approach um we would take to that sort of confidence stuff as well that 100%. it would be a little bit like a set of scales and that 100 percent. we we had so we, we we spend a lot of time and a lot of secondary evidence and you know resting on the shoulders of giants but also you know two years of our own primary evidence to put together what we call this the seven skills of mental fitness so they are they are stress so the management of stress focus positivity connection confidence motivation and meaning and we like to think about these as muscle groups so these are just these are just they are skills you develop but they're muscle groups that you have they are things that you can work on and we should think about them in the same way so this this concept of you're either confident or not is is a complete fallacy you can you can train your confidence you can you can work on that skill you can develop that muscle group and you can get better at confidence it's a doing thing what we what we have been poor at as a, as a culture is we've been very poor at describing the full breadth of mental health. We have um, we have focused very much on on the reactive side of, of both services and language for mental health, and, and what that's done over over you know over a period of you know over generations 
has really has really inhibited us from looking at the, the the positive and active side of that health spectrum and our ability to understand that these skill sets so these attributes are things we all have and we can get better at them and and i think this is an essential missing ingredient in in across curricula but more so just across culture and if we what we're trying to do with with our with our um, you know with our platform with our science and with our if you like our our public cultural and behavioral changes we're trying to say you can exercise your mental muscle groups in the same way that you are able to exercise your physical muscle groups and you can get better at all of these things and it should be you know i think your the, the example you talked about about the uh, oxford and the, the you know the, the mind example it it, it it's very it's a great analogy with what we do at FICA as well, because we, we look at the physical health spectrum and we're all very acquainted with the process of how that physical health spectrum works towards fitness. It starts with education. So we have physical education. From that physical education, we retain some literacy. And with that literacy, we start to build our own habits and that forms our level of physical fitness. And we, we take some control over that at an individual level because we've been taught and it's culturally acceptable and it's it's also attractive right it's it's been seen and we've grown this attraction around physical fitness we just have to do exactly the same thing in mental health and that's what we're that's the flag we're flying we're saying you need a, a small amount of education around these seven skills and around around mental education you need to then have some encouragement from services and tools and uh, to be able to retain some of that literacy and put it into a habitual practice so that you can also maintain your mental fitness level. And then doing that, what we do is we start to empower individuals to have some of their own control to be able to maintain their fitness level in their mental health. And in doing that, we, we, we grow a, a more healthy population that starts to look at prevention rather than cure. And we think this is a, it's a huge missing piece in our culture. And, and it's also, and, and you'll know this from you know the work that you guys do at NCFE. It, it's hugely aligned. These these uh, mental skills or meta skills they're hugely aligned to employability and, and employment outcomes at, at, at our education institutions. So it's not just about well-being. It's about it's about performance and employment. These these skill sets are really vital to our education. And you know this is. This is why you know we're, we're, we we started in uh, in the education sector because we wanted to really embed and understand how curriculums work, how how the education system works, and, and where where is the place for this mental education? You know, it's broadly absent in many curriculums. It's broadly so important to students. We did our, our own um, independent research last year that was uh, featured in the Guardian. And, and we found that 96% uh, of all the students that we spoke to wanted to learn about mental education. They wanted it in the curriculum. They wanted to take control of the, the mental health spectrum and, and the skill sets within there. They wanted to learn it. We also found that 99% of graduate employers said that those skills would put any student in a much more um, opportune position for employment. So it would, it would improve their employability. So if mental education and mental fitness is so important i ask the question why is it not as important as physical fitness why haven't we taken why haven't we taken more steps as a as a country and as a culture to really embed this into into curriculum and into lifelong learning across workplace as well yeah um, I, I think that that is a really valid question i think 
from from an to try and answer that sort of question from an outsider's point of view i think that in britain we're particularly rubbish at mental health um we're getting better at it um but i think it does go back sort of to that idea of the stiff upper lip and that not showing your weaknesses um and that idea that we are this strong and silent nation who you know and i think we're quite lucky in the in the younger generations so in generation y and in generation z um there has been a little bit more um freedom with that sharing i don't know whether that's because of the age of social media um and there is a lot more what I would call curated imperfection where people are a little bit more willing to show a little bit more of their their flaws um online to to let people know that it's not just them um but there has been this historic distrust of how safe it is to share the negatives or the things that you're struggling with to played into the idea that actually we're all fine and we're all just muddling along and it'll all be okay if we just ignore it it'll go away and we'll feel better yeah well you're right and and i think there there's a you know part part of part of the step towards change is, is about normalization so we have to we have to we have to have that that open discourse we have to have that discussion and we have to agree that we're to a certain extent we're all a bit affected by uh, by our by our health and our performance and i think you know there's there's an interesting here's, here's an interesting way way of looking at it we 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 have we've the language has been very bad in mental health um, over the years and and i think you're right it, it stemmed from the stiff upper lip and the deal with it and the get on with it and this this sort of proactive deal with it yourself culture that we've had which is i think it's instilled a lot of that into our you know our culture and into our training systems and into our you know our general behavior uh, and, and that is changing you're right we are we're starting to be more open we're realizing that actually strength is being open um not so much being closed it's actually sharing is is more uh it take, is actually is actually harder and and stronger and i think that we, you you look at the words though but let's look at let's look at language for instance um if i say the word stress or if i say the word anxiety and yes, I've pronounced them, but I almost can feel my hair's moving a little bit when I hear the word anxiety and, and the word stress. We, we've made those words terrifying. We're all terrified of stress and we're all terrified of anxiety. And yet, if, if you take a, you know, a more physiological look at those words and what they describe, they are, they are part of our amygdala uh, and our, our limbic nervous system. So when, when, we're, when we're stressed, our limbic nervous system is essentially responding to what could be a threat. Uh, and so we, we start to um, increase our, our pulse slightly. Um, the amygdala starts to release hormone, you know, micro hormones. There are neurotransmitters that are, you know, sending out signals in our brain. And basically we're performing. Stress is about performance. Uh, and when you when you look at anxiety, anxiety is, is also um, stems from the you know the limbic nervous system, and and actually it's about consideration and planning. It, it, it's you know from our um, um, genes and our you know our, our makeup that uh, that has evolved over you know over millennia, where we plan for problems and try to avoid them. So so anxiety is a is a planning system. And stress is a performance system. What if we were to rebrand those words? What if we were to say to young people as they grow up, stress is about performance, anxiety is about planning. 
So plan and perform your life and learn how to learn how to master those skills, work on them just like you would your biceps, your triceps or your, your stretches or your running capability. And let's really let's really take hold of these words and, and like embrace them. And let's make let's make um, mental fitness feel attractive. I mean, we'd like to say, what if what if in a few years time we have young people seeking out mental fitness and saying, I want I want confidence as the new six pack. That would be a nice place to be where we're starting to think about, you know, mental fitness as being an attractive and a, an attainment that we're all seeking and we're working on it in the same way that we have done physical health. It, it's not a hard thing to look at. When you look at the science behind it, you look at the physiology, we know that there's there's a huge amount of science uh, and, and, and uh, research going on at the moment around how the brain affects your physiology, how those microhormone releases and neurotransmitters, how they start to trigger and mimic actual feelings like, like gratitude, for instance, and that we have gratitude exercises in the Fika app and we, and we do them with groups of people as well. And actually, when you practice gratitude, there are, there are some scientific studies now looking into how gratitude boosts the immune system. So let's just, just think about that for a minute. Being grateful for things and reflecting on that can improve your immune system. So that's the, the, that just, and we talked, we, we, we touched on this before, this, this concept of reflection, it, it, it's, it's a bit alien to a lot of us. We don't really practice reflection. Um, it, 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 you know, while, while you know, in some careers like nursing careers and other careers, it, it's part of the fundamental part of practice. But, but actually the physiology that happens when you start to reflect on something you're grateful for, those little micro hormone releases and those little neurotransmitters are basically replicating the feeling you had with that grateful moment. So it is doing something to your body. And if that can improve your immune system, suddenly we're saying, well, hold on, this is this should be an attractive exercise. This should be an attractive culture. And that's really that's really what we at FICA want to try and bring to mental health. We want to say this is this is an attractive fitness and we should all get on board and it, we can all do it. It's very accessible. You don't have to you don't have to be down the gym crunching. You can you can you can put these five minute exercises into your into your curriculum, into your class, into your routine. It's like brushing your teeth, um, but it needs it needs cultural change. It needs behavioural change, and we need to we need to improve our language around mental health. We need to not be scared of words like stress and anxiety. We need to embrace them and, and accept that they are skills, accept that they might be difficult to begin with, but accept that we can win and we can we can get better at these things. Oh, this isn't necessarily something that. that we see people doing a lot and um, what do you think that there's a gender split there because as a 30 something year old woman um there's loads of stuff on the internet for me um on instagram there's loads of like accounts and things encouraging us to share more of myself and to be less scared of you know of, of being me and to get out of my own way and to to, mm. to do this sort of reflection and and this, this stuff now and to, to take time for me and self-care is something that women of a certain age get really lo quite a lot of messaging about um you know taking time for yourself and, and, and doing this sort of stuff um but I don't see anything like that for, for men that doesn't seem to be a, an alternative space that isn't a huge self-help section of books aimed at you know men being able to to sort out what's going on in their head and deal deal with their emotions and, and sort all of that stuff out. Yeah. I, I don't know whether that's got anything to do with the sort of statistics we see around men's mental health um, and the, the sort of 
the, the higher statistics that we say around male suicide and things like that because women do have a bit of community and a bit of um, ability to, to, to get that encouragement to do that reflection and that change and that sort of emotional work. Does that, does, does that ring true? It does. It does, and and I think it. You know, it's a, you know, like 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 a, a lot of things that that we experience in our culture. We we have to we have to recognise where where there is an inequality, and we need to. Then that's the first step. You know, and then we have to contemplate how can we change it, and then we have to put plans and action in place. And I think that this is this is this is one of my frustrations with you know um, how we have to date. Um, dealt with mental health is that we keep talking about talking about it and 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 I you know I, I agree that that is, that is the first step but we have to do something about it it's it's action action is where change happens action is where habit forms and and action is how we we encourage new behavior and you're, you're absolutely right I mean if you look at the if you look at the, the statistics in, in the UK um, I think in 2018 um, the, of of all the suicides, three quarters of them were were, were from men, and that does represent a, a problem in our society. I mean, obviously, we, we would we would dream of a society where there are no suicides, but it's uh, it's sad it's sadly a, a you know a, a tragedy that that we all live with, and it, you know it's one of the it's one of the founding um, cornerstones of the business. My best friend Ben, um, my you know best friend of, of 30, 32, 33 years. Died by suicide, and it was one of the it was one of the main reasons that I, you know, got together with Gareth and, and we founded the business because we believe that there is a there is there is something we haven't done right in in in, in our country around around educating in, in mental education, and I think we need to we need to set that straight. I, I think, you know, you're right. There's a there's a there is a bias to um, you know female websites and, and openness to discuss and talk. But I think we're, we're, if it's framed like that all the time, then it becomes seen as a as a as a as a gender description or a gender label. What what we're trying to say is it's education, and education is for all. And so what we're what we're advocating is that that mental education be some is something that should be instilled as lifelong learning, whether you're in primary school, secondary school, higher further education, or in a job, or a graduate, or in work. There should be a level of education much like the gym culture we have, much like the exercise culture we have that says you should, we should all be continually educated around mental education, not, 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 not female, not male, just all of us. No, I, and, and, I think and, that, that that is one of the things that, that Fika do really well when we've been talking about the stuff and I've, I've, I've been lucky enough to be able to try some of those exercises and do some of that stuff is that for those of us who are more scientifically minded or who want to sort of understand why something is working um it, it's really nice to be able to to look at stuff and and sort of follow the academics of it at the same time as being able to feel the difference and mm-hmm. um, i think one of the things that we've sort of done historically with mental health and with that sort of reflection stuff is it's all a bit airy fairy and a little bit mm-hmm. um in that sort of realm of which yeah. is magic that sort of ritual of it and 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 you're talking about um this being part of education and being in schools um in the same way that physical education is you know i hated pa i was rubbish at it mm-hmm. um but it was important to do it and we learned a lot about 
why activity was important and the way that the body works and exactly the stuff that you can use to then inform mm. physical struggles you have later in your life you know you know that if you sit around too long then you're going to start to, to ache and this is the mechanism as to why um i think that you're right that you know actually demystifying the yeah. brain and mental health and and making it more accessible because people understand it rather than it being this magic unknown mm. is, is is one of the reasons that, that this is so helpful but I think there's a, there's another there's another the, the the other point that we're we're trying to bring to this you know the, the area of mental health is this word fitness we haven't seen that before in mental health and and I think it's quite a we, we like to think about um, behavioural change there, there there are there are different models of behavioural change and yes there's lots of steps in a lot of the psychological models but there's also there's also that um, this this concept of flicking a switch which is something that has been you know it, it it's something that has been born out of you know the advertising and creative industries, uh, and and it's uh, it's around proposition building and creating brands, and and there's this concept that if you can find something that people relate to, and that you're able to just relate it simply with words, and you can then just flick a switch so that people don't have to really understand the depth of the detail or the science behind it, and that's kind of where that's why we've settled on mental fitness because you 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 know you take the word mental health you take the word health out of the way and put fitness it suddenly becomes a different thing it paints an immediate picture in your mind mental fitness equals and you know this has come from a lot of our, our early research and and focus groups when you when you put that word next to it there's an instant understanding of okay it's on me number one um, it is a journey it's not a it's not a, um, a single um, practice it's something I will continue with myself it is something I can work towards, um, and it's an attractive thing. And I think that is really one of the other things that we're trying to do. And it's why we have, you know, we have um, some great ambassadors um, with uh, um, that have that have been supporting FICA from from the world of uh, from the world of sports. So Christina Harrigan, who's uh, one of our one of Great Britain's uh, most decorated uh, Olympians uh, and world champions. She has created a, a course in FICA on vulnerability, um, and that that course is part of our you know premium and enterprise platform. Uh, uh, Greg Bateman, um, Leicester Tigers prop, um, has created a uh, a course on motivation. And Sam Murray, Olympic pentathlete, has created a course on happiness. And Abdul Bahari, um, a discus Olympian, has created a course with us on on balancing um, your 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 interests and your career and and i think we're you know we're we're trying to we're trying to make this a cultural change and and you know these ambassadors have been really supportive you know they've created content with us those those content have become courses that you can work through on the fika app and they've been part of our our, our raising of this agenda and we, we're going to continue this with our with our you know um, enterprise partners in the workplace with our education partners um we, we're, we're going to raise this agenda um, because it, it's a national debate, yeah. we don't believe. We, while while it, it stems from education, it's about our society as a whole. It's about saying, if confidence was the new six pack, and if better communication was sought after, and if focus and positivity and meaning were things that we were all taught, and there were skills that we could all develop, we can you just imagine the the, the better relationships that would be built, the the better listeners that we would have? Imagine if 30% of Britain listened more carefully to each other 
Just imagine what that would do to, to, to take the quarrels down, to reduce the, to develop better understanding, to, to be able to put yourself in someone else's position, not judge them, and to just listen to what they're saying, to reduce the bias that we have with each other, to reduce all of those things that cause quarrel, that cause fight, that cause argument, that we don't solve because we haven't been taught to listen well. We haven't had, been, had the education about communication, one of the seven skills that we teach. That is huge, that is immense. And, and if we all had it in the same way that we have PE, in the same way that we, as you mentioned, as I've had as well, if it was, whether we did it or not, the fact that it was there, that it was taught, that it became part of our culture, I think less Ben, you know, my best friend committing suicide, maybe less on those statistics that we see on, on the male side, maybe, maybe less, uh, less confusion, maybe less divorce, maybe less anger, maybe less fighting, maybe better, better um, acceptance of each other, more encouragement for diversity, more inclusion of each other, more acceptance of each other. Your workplace improves um, because everyone is, is more confident, is uh, better at their own agenda, is leaving the company if they wish, but on their own terms and, and joining new companies. And that, that, is a, that is a group benefit that results in a better economy. So it's, it's not just a, a case of well-being and, and mental fitness being a good thing for us from a well-being point of view. It's an, it's an economic um, debate as well. And this is why it's so important that, that our government and, and, you know, and the country really takes this seriously and, and tries to you know, root this into our culture as meaningful change because it, it, our economy and our culture are completely interlinked and we need to support both of them. Yeah, um, and th th there's so much that you said there that I, I <laughs> maybe we should have booked more time in. Um, I feel like I could talk to you all day about all of the things that this could sort of um, touch on and, and, and support and grow. Um, but one of the things you said right at the beginning there was about it that we've got this idea of switches where we can just turn things on and off or, or that, you know, things just happen. Um, and then when you were talking about that in terms of mental health um the idea that it's not just a oh and that's gone now you know it's something we need to work on it's something that we need to build it's something that we need to keep reinforcing um i think that idea is really helpful to people who are struggling because actually it's not as simple as the internet makes out you know you can't just one day not have anxiety anymore you know you it's a it's a battle in the same way that people who start exercising need those videos on the internet of people who are really bad at it it's really intimidating just to look at a, a video of you know someone who already has it all sussed and sorted and all the muscles in the right places because their easy workout is not going to be the same as an easy workout for me um i think that that that's an important thing to to embed within mental health the idea that it is something that takes some work to get mm. to the point that it becomes easy. Um, I think a lot of people have this idea that it, it you know, some people are just sorted, um, but that's not true. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a, no, you make a really good point. And, and you know, just to, to, to clarify the, 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 the flicking of the switch, is, a, is an analogy around concept, so it's not the it's not the progress required. It is the when you when you put the word fitness there, you get it. So there's a get it moment, and I think it's really um, it's really important that uh, that we get um, the the concept that we're going to be working on. And and, and I think you, you know you put it really well. There's a when you, when you when that 
switch has been flicked and you think, oh, it's a fitness that equals, I need to work on it. And you're right. Uh, and, and we, you know, we, we, we advocate as well that it's not always going to be easy to reflect and it's not always going to be easy to put your action or your pledge because all of our exercises have a pledge or an action. And it's not always going to be easy to do that. But you're right. You, you know, you nailed it on the head there. It's not an easy journey. Fitness isn't easy, but it's worth it. And this is where the, the outcomes have to be attractive. And, and you, when you mentioned that, uh, um, you know, it all happens, you know, there's a lot behind it when, you know, when you get that fitness level. It reminded me of one of my favorite poems, actually, which I, if you don't mind, um, I'll, I'll just read you very quickly. No, not at all. So it's called Luck. Um, he worked by day and toiled by night. He gave up play and some delight. Dry books he read, new things to learn and forged ahead success to earn. He plodded on with faith and pluck, and when he won, they called it luck. That's brilliant, um, and I think that's quite a nice place to sort of, if we finish with your poem, I think that the poem's quite a nice thing to, to end the podcast on. Where can people find Fika if they want to find out more? So, um, www.fika.community. Um, we we are a business that that serves um, B2B, so it, and institutions and workplaces um, can uh, can purchase licenses for, for FICA to to provide for their populations. Um, and if anybody is interested in, in finding out more for me or would like to have a chat, please reach out. Um, you can find me at nick at fika.community. And we'll put all of those details in the description as well. So if you're listening to the episode, you can look at the written description for this podcast episode and those links will be in there to find Nick and Fika. Um, Nick, it's been absolutely lovely talking to you. Um, and again, I could always talk to you all day um, when, when we chat. Um, thank you very much for your time. And thanks to you at home. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Podcast. Don't forget, for more great content tailored to everyone in the care and education sectors, you can join our membership network, cashalumni.org.uk. It's free to join and you'll get access to articles from subject specialists, careers advice, job vacancies and our member benefits scheme. If you'd like to feature on a future episode of Podcash, please get in touch with us through the contact details on the Cash Alumni website. Until next time, take care.